1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Voice
2: Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam Greg on this Saturday morning. Shout out Rogene Bailey. Thinking, oh, of, yeah. thinking of him. <laughs> on this, that's because it's raining. Just you know, you hear some blues. And happy birthday to Bobby Bland here with BB King. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning, and a good morning to you folks in the North Druid Hills area, my old stomping
3: ground. Okay,
2: right round the corner from here. Lived on North Druid Hills. Lived on Claremont. Lived on Buford Highway. Love me that little DeKalb County area over there. Okay, I was living on Claremont, and the and the torch ran right down the street, right past, you. right in front of my place. Ran out in the street and took took a picture. Oh, and did you? Not? There were like eight cars in front of the actual person holding the torch. Yeah. And it was like that parade that happened at the end of like you know, fractured fairy tales of the Bugs Bunny showing you hit that little dude with the broom. Oh, yeah, yeah. The at the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sweeping it up at the end there. Yeah, it did, man. There was a bunch of there were a bunch of cars, luminaries, and all that stuff in front of the actual the actual torch. Uh, as we sit here on this twenty seventh day of uh, January, talked about. Bobby Bland, I mentioned earlier it was perfect timing on you guys with Billy White Shoes Johnson. These two guys born on the same day. Are you ready for this? Who is that? Keith Oberman. Okay. And Chris Collinsworth. Okay. Both turning 65 today, both on Medicare. Okay. Hey. <laughs> so, and, and I will breeze past this, but she is she's well known and, and I don't think she's with us anymore, but it would have been Karen Valle's birthday. You don't know Karen Valles, but she was a she was a Playmate of the Year. I'll just leave it at that. But she married Lee Majors after that. had had a, had a number of kids. But okay. the year that she uh, was Playmate of the Year and her layout that they do in that magazine, I'm in it, which we've talked about before. So I'm yeah, just saying. yeah. We talked end up about that. Like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, I am in a centerfold layout and Playboy years and years ago, um, just because of where I worked. And so, there you go. Claim to fame. But it was the model's name was Karen Vallis. And She ended up, like I said, marrying Lee Majors, but she passed away. And to this day, I don't know what she passed away from. Yeah. So, you know, she's a special place in my heart. Anyway, Karen, and Bridget Fonda, too. Happy birthday to them. All right. Moving into this uh, 9 o'clock hour, what kind of night was it? I mean, I wonder what Luke Kadachis thought about when he, into the, uh, when he went into the arena last night. Because we hear this from athletes all the time. They talk about their warm-ups. They had you know, bad warm-ups, and then they go out and have these incredible games. And sometimes it's vice versa. But last night, the Hawks taking on Dallas at home, <laughs> they became the number one replay on, on SportsCenter because of
3: because I think of I think happened. this is the most points that have ever been scored in this county. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in this not town. Just, not just the city, the county. The, the, the county, uh, the, the most points. It's 73 Points last night. Uh, just on B, I'm, I'm watching it and, and I'm like, there was like no stopping him in whatever he, he wanted to do. And you know, a lot of people knock on him because it says he ain't built like no great athlete.
2: Uh, neither is <laughs> that dude who got the MVP last year either. You know? Well, the year before actually, uh, Joel Embiid got it last year. But talking about uh,
3: Joker from uh, Denver, not yeah. built like your average NBA player. Well, yeah, but he's been, like he looked like he's in better shaped than, than Luka. But he goes out and just makes stuff happen, man. You know? Um, so 148 to 143, not a whole lot of defense being played. That's uh, what I was going to get know. to. You know what, though? But well, that's just like because Devin Booker had 62 last night, you know? And.
2: Well, that's supposed to make us feel better here about the
3: defense? No, what I'm just saying that it's, it's not just us. You know what I mean? It, it, it's And I know we had Bob Rathbin on him and asked him about it, and he talked about. Just in today's NBA, the way the game is played, you have some of these crazy scoring nights and whatnot. It changes, though, when you get to the postseason. Right. You know what I mean? It becomes a different kind of game. And To me, that's what you go through this whole regular season, which teams are tooled best for the postseason. I think that's kind of what made what happened up in Milwaukee happen this week. As great as Milwaukee is, as talented as they got deficiencies on, on defense. And they know in the end they get to the playoffs, they're going to lose to folks like Boston and Philadelphia. So they fired a manager, and fired a coach in the middle of the season, and they got a winning record. I don't know how that set with you, but but that was pretty pretty crazy. Now Doc Rivers is going to try to – I don't know where they're going with Doc, but he's got a gig. That, that
1: was crazy. <laughs> and, it, it, and if <laughs> Doc can't win this go-round, if, if you don't see – them winning it or getting where they need to be in, like, the next three or four years. And it's going to be a lot of question marks between the coach Bud, Adrian Griffin, Doc yeah. Rivers, transit. Yeah. That's going to be wild. But also what I noticed last night is um, Mavs ain't play much defense either. No. 73 points and y'all won by five points. I mean, I think with eight minutes left, Trey had cut it down. The, Trey had cut that lead down to three. Yeah. Like, that's. So, the Mavs have some issues there too. And they're, right. they're showing that um, if, if Luka can't play Hercules a lot of nights, where, where does that leave them on the West? Now, that's not Are really. Are they
3: better if Kyrie's healthy? No. I don't think so either.
1: No. Because I, I think they have a similar front court problem, back court problem that we do. Yeah. I think they have a lot of similar problems that we have. Um, they're just, they, they, I think they have like 10, 12 more, more wins right now. So, it looks different. And this is one of the first years it's really looked that different, um, comparing the two teams at in in real time. Mm-hmm. There was a team where the, there was a time where the Hawks looked a little better, and now the Mavs starting look look a little better, but neither front office has figured out. What to put around these two superstars? Need front office.
3: That's true. You know, I, I kind of got into that with some guys last night. A little group text that was going on. People said, "Now nah, don't you wish the Hawks had us?" I said, "No, because to, to me, win
1: by five to do to, all of that, no, me, no both teams still got problems. They're
3: basically the same. They're basically the same. I and, mean, they're,
1: and they're basically the same player. You know what the real difference is between Luka Doncic and Trey Young? Seven rebounds a game.
3: Okay." okay
1: that's the real difference seven rebounds a game I mean, they're you, both pretty much going to average 25 26 and 19 11.
3: you had this phenomenal game by Luca but you don't forget that for what two or three weeks Trey was like 30 points and and 10 assists this is what every night out this is so, what I'm talking about you know
2: listen we we we, we have Year after year, talked about these guys start to get their footing post-Christmas. Okay, so here we are in the middle end of January, and they are trying to grab on to who they're going to be. It wasn't not long ago that Noelle came in here and shaking her head about the Hawks losing to Washington. To Washington? The game before that, okay, Indiana, they're doing what they're doing. But to Washington? Felt just, just crazy about that. Then what happens? They go on a three-game winning streak. So we figure, oh, okay, maybe they'll start playing some defense. We're in January right now. They're going to show that want to. Okay? After the three games, what happened? We are now in the throes of a four-game losing streak.
1: Anyone know what happened?
2: They played I, better teams. Hang on a second. Uh, they beat Miami. They did beat they Miami. Lost, okay, so again, it's it's – It's a head-shaking situation right now. Now, in February, in March, I think then we're going to know if this team is going to make any kind of noise deep in the playoffs or into the playoffs. But right now, I'm just throwing my hands. I'm Pontius Pilate, call me. I just don't know what to think because it's just an ebb and flow to these guys and the way they play. I can't sit up here and go, well, I want to see this, and I think this will change everything, or this player will change everything, or when so-and-so gets back from... Being on the IR, you know, the IR, well, that'll happen. Is there one thing or two things that you can point of that you honestly believe will end this losing streak and turn things around for the rest of the second half?
1: That's not a trade, no.
2: Okay, you know, and
3: and, he, you, and, and, and even with that,
2: I was going to say, even with the trade, who do you get?
3: It's, it's well, not just that; it's just the way things have, have come together, and you know, they're still making adjustments. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the team, they still don't know when we're going to see Hunter back. I mean, are we, are we That's a uh,
1: big part. That's a big problem too. we
3: we getting him back anytime, because he's a guy who's you have him on your team because of his defense, and we have – He's obviously the you know arguably the top defender in the whole team, and we ain't seen him. He's missed twenty one games now, twenty one games, and so I mean, if you're going to do your defense, you want to set your defense starting with this this guy. And he, he's nowhere to be found. So, I mean, there are a lot of things you talk about with this team. You want to get things, you know, turned around. You do want to see some wins, though, because last night was the first of, I think, six straight at home they have right now. So, I mean.
2: Get Toronto it, tomorrow night. Yeah. And and we'll see. Now, are, are they easy to get to right now because getting rid of their superstar? are they Is that a win that you feel confident the Hawks can get at home tomorrow against Toronto? Should,
3: should be. But that should be. <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we we know it should be. It's taking us most of this season, right?
2: Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 929 the game 92.9thegame.com. Speaking of Hawks of Toronto, we got that game for you right here tomorrow, in case you can't get in front of a TV. Pre-game at 5.30, tip at 6 o'clock. And if you're wondering about football action, yes, we got the championship games. They are going to be over on our cousin station. W-A-O-K is going to have a pre-game. 2 o'clock for the first game, kick at 2.30, and then, of course, action follow NFC. We haven't talked that much about who you think is going to win. We're going to get into football again before the end of the hour. But since I just brought it up, of those two games, which one are you looking most forward to? Is it the last one just because it's the last one? <laughs> what, or is it Detroit and San Francisco? Or is it? The I'm first looking one?
3: forward to both of them, really. I'm looking forward to both of them. Uh, the, the Detroit story has been captivating. You, you know, and people have talked about it. And we, we mentioned before we came on the air, we talked about how Someone I, I was saw on, online up in Detroit kind of took exception to everybody saying that the Lions have lifted the city, you know. Or to make, I think it just makes some people look at the city who maybe hadn't been there before uh, or hadn't been there in a while, you know, and it's giving you reason to, to go to Detroit and, look, oh, look at these people. Having, well, look, they got something developing here. They got something happening developing there. And this person said, well, things have been happening here for the last 10, 15 years, you know. Um, but you haven't had this happening. Before. And that's the power of sport. I mean, people check out Atlanta when they come to a Braves game. They you know, the Braves are a winning team. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing that attracts people and makes people look at, at your area. That's part of what, uh, what, what having professional sports will do for you. Um, but, okay, we give Detroit credit. You know, the Lions are a tremendous story. They're winning this year. And maybe some things have been happening, with, you know, in the city that people haven't, haven't noticed. Uh, but, but now going forward, people will notice that. Uh, it looks like the Lions, especially, they're not using smoke and mirrors. They're going to be doing what they're going to be doing for some time, although that division right now is going through some changes. Seems like they, they timed that right as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Right? The division's going through some changes. And Green Bay's breaking in a quarterback, you know Chicago. They don't you don't know, know what they're going to do there. You know what I mean. Minnesota well, is Minnesota, right? You know, so I mean, they, they kind of timed it right. Let's see what happens next year. We got a firm footing at quarterback. You wouldn't believe um, the, the the Packers, right? You know the quarterback right. they have. They started the season losing us, right? Yeah. You know, you know what I mean. So I mean, that's that that division is going through some changes. It's going to be a little bit different. In uh, in the next fall,
2: you know the, the the best thing in the minds of a lot of people, other than winning, that Dan Campbell has done up there in Michigan, and I was talking. Tracy was telling me about this. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday. She's you know she in constant contact with people up there. Yeah, and we have seen this, but they're talking about it. That when it was happening, and you wasn't sure it was going to happen. One of the things that people in Michigan know. And if you're a football fan, you, you kind of speculate on this, that ownership pushed two of their all-time greats out while offering a red carpet for the other one to go get himself a ring. Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, in the minds of the football fans up there, got pushed out. But yet when Matthew Stafford wanted to go, what did they do? They rolled out the red carpet. Here, why don't you go to the Rams, and maybe you can take them to a championship, which made people want to walk in the traffic up there. But there's always been this, con- this just – Contentious relationship between those greats, those two, and the ownership. Well, Dan Campbell apparently got, you know, did his Henry Kissinger and got everybody at a table and got Sheila Ford, was it Hemp, to acquiesce and, and has worked at bringing them back, the all time greats, under the Lions umbrella. So you've been seeing them in games, mm-hmm. right? You weren't yep. seeing Calvin Johnson in no games before that, right? Yep. We didn't talk about it a lot. We've had him on the show. There was a problem. We know that Barry Sanders left money on the table and and records, but they didn't want to go back in that building because of ownership. The other Fords. Well, she has stepped forward and she has mended those fences. And in the minds of a lot of man, because you want to be proud. The Falcons, oh, yeah. listen, the Falcons go to the Super Bowl, a lot of the old Falcons. This with the Steelers and the Cowboys and, and all these other teams that get well, you see their all-time greats come back and show up. That wasn't happening up in Detroit. It's happening now, and that's thanks to Dan Campbell. So he's, he's, he's done a lot up there, not just turn that turn that culture around, but he has mended some fences or, or been instrumental in mending those fences. So anyway, coming up next, <laughs> we go from football to racing. This is a great show. Yeah, man. Sam and I give you a little bit of everything in the mornings. You know, you got these shows that focus just on football. No, nah, we dance all kinds of stuff. Had the uh, Australian Open earlier, but we are going to get uh, – Thoughts of Adam Alexander as we approach this upcoming NASCAR season. That's next. Sam and Greg. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929
3: The (plays) Game.com. And wanted to get
2: your attention, but you overlooked me somehow. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929 The And it's Sam and Greg. With that familiar music, you know who's coming up. I jumped
3: on Toby there a little bit. How do you like me?
4: That I guess,
2: man. Adam Alexander, FS1. Good to talk to you, buddy. Good morning.
4: Good morning, fellas. How are you?
2: We, we are, we're we a little damp here in Atlanta. Where are you right now?
4: I'm home. I'm in North Carolina, okay. Charlotte. Okay. okay. It's, Carolina. It's, it's damp here, too.
2: Yeah, man. You got some weather coming your way. I, I will <laughs> tell you that. I, I, I'm i going to let Sam get into this first question because I wanted to ask you, I want to do a little NASCAR 101 as we prepare for the 2024 season. I'm going to ask some questions, or it's got a couple that I think that the people who don't follow NASCAR but listen to Sam and Greg might want to answer, and that'll help them, you know, as they watch these upcoming races.
4: Okay. Right, okay.
2: You ready? Uh, Can I start here? Go ahead. All right, we'll start with this one. We'll start with this one. What lessons did NASCAR learn from the 2023 season heading into this one? Changes, if you will, I guess could be another thing that's...
4: I would say that NASCAR learned that they need to make some changes to their short track package, you know, we went to this new car a couple of years ago, and there's been a learning curve, and so they've determined they need to make some changes, and they have, and so they went to Phoenix and, and tested, and, you know, short track short track racing really has been the cornerstone and the most popular, you know, types of tracks for NASCAR for a long time, and, and the, a little bit left to be desired, the fans expressed that, the teams expressed that, so they had a a big test in Phoenix, they've made some technical changes to the car and how they will react to those types of tracks. And you'll see that implemented not in the Clash, which will be a short track race next weekend, but when we go to Phoenix, all tracks a mile and shorter will have this package. And we'll see that in, in March when we go to Phoenix. And, and it'll be at you know Martinsville and Richmond and Bristol and so on. So we look forward to seeing how the cars react to the changes.
2: All right, now this is a two, This is my last one, but it's a two-tier answer here. So it may be the same person, but it may be two answers here. What top driver of the top drivers, who should we watch heading into this season? And who's the diamond in the rough? Who's that young driver that you expect to make some noise this year? That's why I called him the diamond in the rough. So the top driver, okay. keep an eye on. All and right. then who do you think predicting the diamond in the rough this upcoming season?
4: I would say the top driver to watch is going to be, I'll go with Martin Truex Jr., and, and I could list many drivers for many different reasons. But the reason I say Martin Truex Jr. is he had a really good year last year. Drives for Joe Gibbs Racing, he's a series champion, but we had heard speculations that he was going to retire. And that he would, you know, not be back. Well, he has announced he is back. In fact, this is the the second year, almost like the second extension on his career. Because we felt like a couple of years ago we're getting close and we could get that retirement uh, announcement. He's a driver that is just no nonsense. He's coming off a great season. Can he continue to deliver at a, at a high level and, and win races? And, and what could be his final year? So if there was is someone that I would say that that I would keep an eye on on the veteran side of things would be him. And and like I said, I I could list a a bunch of of drivers, including George's own Chase Elliott, who's coming off the the injury-riddled year and and didn't win a race. And then, you know, Diamond in the rough. I I wouldn't call him, you know, a, a rough around the edges guy because he's incredibly talented. He's an Xfinity champion. But he's someone I think that will really make a splash this year, and that's Ty Gibbs. Great rookie season last year, driving for his grandfather, Joe Gibbs, a name familiar to many in the sports world, but he was unable to win. I really feel like he's going to be able to win in his second season, make the playoffs, and and start to show off the the talent at the next level that we saw in the Xfinity series a couple of years ago.
3: Spend the time on the WaitForIt.com hotline on this rainy Saturday morning. With Adam Alexander, and he is social. You can always find him at Adam a numeral one Alexander. Adam one Alexander, who starts a milestone uh, Monday yeah. uh, with Race Hub, <laughs> starting Monday night. Uh, talk about it, Adam. F- Fifteen seasons, and you guys what twenty five hundred episodes?
4: Yes, NASCAR Race Hub went on the air in the fall of two thousand nine. So we're celebrating 15 years. It'll be you know 15 years to the day later this year, but the big milestone beginning 2024 will be 2,500 episodes, Man. and it's pretty remarkable. I, I was you know I've been with with Speed and, and Fox now since 2006, so I've been around a while, and I remember getting the call. And at the time, I lived in Indiana. I was not living in Charlotte, where our studios are. And I remember getting the call from one of our you know, executive producer types that said, we're going to start this show, and we want you to come be a part of it. And, and when the show began in 2009, we had rotating hosts. We didn't have a, a consistent group. And we've kind of gotten back to that now, although the format in 2009 was a little bit different. But, but I just remember thinking, a daily NASCAR show, you know, can, can it make it? Is there enough fanfare? Is there enough news and the way the show has grown and the, the vision that, that Fox has had from a producer standpoint and just all uh, of the gains that we have been able to make with our studio that's full of technology, that's uh, a virtual studio now, and just, uh, you know, everything we've seen in, in the last 15 years has been remarkable. And I, I would say anytime you have that kind of longevity, in that many episodes, it's it's a real tribute to the fans and their loyalty, and and it speaks to you know NASCAR and the way their fans do things. So it's a a big one for us, and certainly something to celebrate, and, and we're excited and proud of that.
3: And certainly NASCAR because of the content that is there daily uh, now in in, in in so many different ways,
4: right? Well, and and here's what I would say, you know, when when we made the change from Speed to FS1. There were a lot of shows that went away because they were just all motorsports and they didn't really fit on an all-sports network. And, and I believe, reluctantly, NASCAR Race Hub stayed in the but it went from an hour show to a half-hour show. And I feel like you know many believe that this, this show could be short-lived. It's done well enough on speed that we need to make it carry over to FS1, but can it sustain its ratings on an all-sports network? And quite honestly, the opposite happened it not only maintained its ratings, but it kind of carried the ball when you looked at the daily shows in the early days on FS1. And we went back to an hour, and now we're in that 6, o- six o'clock time slot, which is, is an awesome time to be on every evening. And I remember we were at the Super Bowl in 2017, I believe it was. Fox had the Super Bowl in Houston. And we were there with all the other daily shows doing our show. And we really didn't fit, right, because they were all sports and, and all they talked was football and all we talked was NASCAR and, and we're at the Super Bowl. And I remember everyone with all the other shows saying, I just don't understand how you guys generate the ratings. And it was like, we don't understand either. It's just, it's remarkable, uh, the success and, and just uh, an, an unbelievable backing and support by all the fans who tune in daily.
3: And we, and, we, and we invite you, even though you brought up the, the Super Bowl in Houston, to us. Yeah, I'm sorry.
4: Game. That's a bad thing to talk about. Yeah. I know that.
2: That's okay. We just turned down the coach that beat us in that game, so we're feeling pretty good. Uh, Adam Alexander, <laughs> <laughs> joining Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. 92.9thegame.com. Since we spoke to you last, they have uh, named the folks that are going into this year's class of the Hall of Fame. Your thoughts on and the guys that are going in and and you know what they mean to you. Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, crew chief. Was it Chad
4: Knauss? Uh, Chad yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and I, you know Donnie Allison is someone that I, I didn't have a chance to, to work with closely. I've been around him some over the years because of the legendary status that he carries in the sport, but I've enjoyed a great relationship with Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss. Chad doing a lot of TV work with us, and Jimmy's come over a few times and, and spent some time in the studio or in the booth. And the one thing I would say I remember about Jimmy in 2001, I was doing an Xfinity race for MRN Radio at Chicago. And they made a two tire call, got track position. He got his first and, and only win in the Xfinity series at that time. And he was an okay driver for an okay team. And then he gets hired by Hendrick Motorsports. And you're like, does this fit? Is this, I mean, that's really who they're hiring? I mean, this guy, you know, on a strategy call won an Xfinity race. Well, as it turns out, Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick know a thing or two about NASCAR because they got a guy that not only could make it at the cup level, but he won more than 80 races and seven championships, including five in a row. And I will say that he's one of the most humble, gracious athletes I've ever been around. Jimmy Johnson, remarkable worker, but operates out of complete integrity. So he is so deserving. And Chad Canals... I mean, what a what a guy to have on the pit box. And they were so good together. And, and you know, Ch- Chad, very aggressive, very hungry, and uh, he's hardcore. But but just a remarkable run of success. And, and when you think that, you know, he was a, the tire changer for Abraham and Jeff Gordon on those Rainbow Warrior teams years ago uh, when Jeff was winning championships, to see him go, grow through the system Become a crew chief and then win seven championships with Jimmy it was pretty cool. And, and Chad does a lot of things for the community now, and certainly still a big part of Hendrick Motorsports. So those were two really good ones to go in.
2: Who else has a name for their for their team, if you will? Because Rainbow Warriors is the only one I can think of. I mean, there's been great drivers who had nicknames, but has there ever been right.
3: other teams? You have some, you had some pit crews that had names with the Flying the Aces with, with Earnhardt, but I mean. You, I never even heard of them. Yeah. The, yeah they oh had yeah. a name? Oh, yeah. Okay. I did, I did. Very I, much. I, Chocolate Myers, some guys, the guys were awesome.
2: I just yep. thought that was hey. uh, unique. But I, what I was going to ask you is, getting back to Jimmy Johnson, is he comfortable in his skin knowing that he's not spoken uh, about in a way that all-time greats should? And he reminds me, and Sam and I talk about this, and I probably mentioned it to you before, he's in that category like Tim Duncan in that he's an all-time great, got a pocket full of of rings, championships, but yet he's that, oh, yeah, when you start mentioning your all-time favorite. I'm going to take this guy and this guy and this guy, and then somebody says,
4: well, what about Jimmy Johnson?
2: Oh, yeah, there's that guy.
4: You know what I mean? He kind of falls into that. I think the Tim Duncan analogy is a really good one, and I would say that I was doing a race, and and I don't know where we were, but it was probably 2012, something like that, and I was in the booth with Wally Dallenbach and Kyle Petty, and, and we had this promotion going with Sonic, and, and we had to promote their milkshakes. And so they, they brought milkshakes in, and we're going to drink them on the air and, and do the bit. And, and Kyle takes a drink of his, and he said, oh, my, my flavor is Jimmy Johnson. And, and we looked at him like Jimmy Johnson, and then he kind of pauses and laughs, and he said, It's vanilla. And and we laughed, right, because that, you know, Jimmy Johnson was not this dynamic personality. He just showed up and got it done and won on a regular basis. And, and I do think his personality and his humble approach probably hurt the way people viewed him because he's not top of mind of awareness of a lot of people just because he didn't go around telling everyone how great he was. When in reality – you know, that five championships in a row, uh, I've always said, is the greatest feat in the history of NASCAR, to win five in a row. And, oh, go by, by the way, go back and look at who he was beating from 2006 to 2010. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 I mean that, that list of Hall of Famers is, is long and wide and, and deep when you consider not only the championships he won, but to do it consecutively and to beat the drivers he was beating was pretty remarkable. So, but, but the Tim Duncan analogy is a really good one.
3: Yeah, folks, spending time and wrapping up here with Adam Alexander on this Saturday morning. All right, uh, we get rolling out west this week, and then what do we watch for? Then we come back for Speed Week uh, down at Daytona. What are we watching for, you know, uh, first of all, out, 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 out west next next uh, next weekend?
4: Yeah, so we got the clash, and it's third straight year we've been at the L.A. Coliseum, and, and that's going to be great. It always is. It'll be entertaining, and uh, it's still remarkable to me to walk into the L.A. Coliseum and see that racetrack built like it is and, and knowing the history of the L.A. Coliseum and everything that has happened there and, and to see NASCAR there is somewhat surreal. So that, that won't tell us a lot, but it's a great way to get things started and for the new driver, crew chief pairings and new team, uh, you know, drivers with new teams and all of that, it's a great way to get acclimated and kind of knock the rust off. Then you get a weekend off for the Super Bowl, And then it's down to Daytona for real for the 500. And and I would say that it's going to be an interesting start to the season because Daytona is a little bit of a a wild card. We do see some surprise winners there and the new configuration at Atlanta, you know, is is a wild card as well because that's very much uh, about the draft and and we know the draft is the great equalizer. And so you kind of start the season with two wild card races and uh, we could get two surprise winners at the gate. So, you know, a month from now, the landscape will look totally different, and uh, I, I think feel like we're going to get off to a, a fun start this year.
2: Are you coming to Atlanta?
4: I'll be there, and I just looked at, at the calendar. I think that Friday night, February twenty-third, we we need to do dinner. That that's just my thought as I look at the calendar. You heard that,
2: Sam, right? Yeah. You heard that, and everybody okay. else heard it too. Okay, including Noel. Yeah. We do that. We do that. We, do that. <laughs> we will be in touch with you, sir. But as always, Adam, we can't thank you enough for uh, just just
4: being a part of the show, man. Thank you. Yes, no, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate being on, and you guys have a great weekend.
2: You too, you too. Adam Alexander, FS1. Again, Race Hub on FS1. Starts when, Sam?
3: Yep, starts Monday, 6 o'clock Eastern.
2: And it's what season? 15th season?
3: 15th season, 15th 2,500 season. episodes. The only problem is you can't do reruns. Yo. Well, every day is something, yeah, something, uh, something, up, the something new. Yeah, you're residuals. Something for all,
2: for all that work. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> we're gonna wrap things up. We got some more football talk. Final thoughts on and, and Noelle Noel hasn't had a chance to get in here. She has got a Raheem Morris take that you need to hear. She's got thoughts on well how we should how we should prepare ourselves. For the Raheem Morris administration yeah, here with the Falcons. So I'm looking forward to that. That's coming up next. It is Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 the Game.com. Radio, 92.9 the Game. 92.9 the Game. Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, 27th day of January.
3: You guys are doing all right. Hey, yeah. you know Sam. We're back tomorrow morning at 6. Yeah. Till 9 o'clock. 6 to 9. There you go. Yeah. There you
2: go. Let me sit down here. Uh, did we cover everything as far as stuff we wanted to mention and people had going on today? We talked about uh, the Highland Bakery. They're going away. We talked about Pullman Yard. They got we the, talked so, about... So you yeah, think yeah. they can dance uh, auditions going on out there. You can go to their website. Go to on-camera auditions. If you think you can dance and you're at least 14 years old and you want to be a part of this show, they're going to have some dates out there. You can go audition,
3: All right. things well, like that. You mentioned the Braves are having the uh, 2024 Braves yep. Fest going on today. It's a little rainy today, but they're still... Having a lot of activities out there for, for fans to come out to the ballpark. Uh, from 10 a.m., you start in just a few minutes, until 4 o'clock. A lot of the players will be out there. A lot of activities. A lot of that stuff will be moving in on the inside there so you can uh, still not, not get wet but still enjoy the time. And that is uh, happening out there today. And also, if you want to work at Six Flags, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to work at Six Flags, yeah. they're having a job fair. That starts at 10 o'clock as well. They're going to fill a 1,000 uh, jobs. Uh, you want to go out there and work? Apparently, they don't want me to work because they no, they don't want you out there. They you won't. They, won't, you, you they won't call me to talk about well, it. You
2: don't do follow-ups, man. and
3: I did. I, I dropped the application out there when I was in high school, <laughs> you, and they still ain't called me. So w- I w-
2: – was that here I, or in Alabama? What? No, man. I was Six yeah. Flags. Okay. I, was here. Well, I thought it was you know. I in high
3: school, man. I want. To, I want to work at Six Flags. It was a cool place to work.
2: And you didn't get that job. You went over to Greenbrier. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I did, went, over to, went to work at Greenbrier <laughs> instead. <Yeah. laughs> Um, you know they
2: discovered Antarctica on this day,
3: really? Yeah,
2: Antarctica. The well, it, had al- so- it had always been there. It had always been there, but somebody got into a boat and went down there and checked it out.
3: Yeah, he took some Russians. There's some walruses or something down there? Oh wait, wait, hello wait. To hang you.
2: on a second. The South Pole is one. Antarctica's up on the north side. So yeah, it was a, it was a, a team of Russians. Okay. That discovered it, and it was on this day. I didn't know that the first United States, uh, universe, the U.S. Their first state university opened on this day. the The first state university mm-hmm. was opened on this day, and where was it? Athens, Georgia. Ah, uh,
3: seventeen eighty-five. It is a title that, that UGA has.
2: Yeah, man. First college basketball game took place today. University of Chicago beat uh, Chicago YMCA, nineteen
3: to eleven. Nineteen to eleven. Yeah, <laughs> Well you knew you couldn't run a fast break because they had the ball didn't go straight through. They That's had to true. go to get the basket and dump the ball out. And then sometimes play, the, right?
2: the cherry basket would fall down We, we got to need up. that
3: now. With the NBA was it was out the scores a little bit, right? Oh, man, let's go and get that ball out of that basket. Yo.
2: as they were preparing for their first season, the Pittsburgh Steelers hired their first coach, and that would be Noel. The Steelers hired their first coach today. They were getting ready to start in the 1969 season. Well, yeah, 69 season, 70, 69, 70 season. Uh, they hired their first coach. Oof. Who would that be? Chuck Knoll. Very good. We knew she'd do that. We no were yeah. oh, yeah. stuff. Really? only got three coaches.
1: Yeah, I They ain't had but a handful. They
2: ain't had but three. Um, happy birthdays. Lewis Carroll would have been his birthday today. Writer of Alice in Wonderland. Now, here's one for you. A- Edward Smith. Y'all know who Edward Smith is, but you just don't know who Edward Smith is.
3: Okay, there we go. You
2: saw him in the movie Titanic. That was the dude who was the captain with the white beard? Yeah. Edward Smith was the captain of the Titanic.
3: Captain Smith.
2: Captain Smith. And he went down with the boat. Yeah, he did. Or the ship. But uh, that happened in 1912. Um, now, here's the crazy thing about this. is They, they must have done this as a birthday present. Because today is also Art Rooney's birthday. Or would have been. Mm. Art Rooney would have been Art Rooney's birthday, okay. owner of the Steelers. Okay. Hired a coach on his birthday. Not bad. And Frank Nitty. <laughs> Al Capone's buddy. Yeah. Who Kevin Costner pushed off a roof and untouchable. <laughs> <laughs> Noel, get in here. What are your thoughts on Raheem Morris? You mentioned this earlier in the show. Yes. And you didn't get a chance to do a deep dive into it. But as we have talked about the Falcons hire. You had something that you really wanted to say about that hire?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, okay, so I think when we when we look at Raheem Morris, we have to throw away whatever he did in Tampa because that those teams were wasteland teams. Everything Greg Schiano after Greg Schiano, basically everything before uh, Bruce Arians, you just throw all that in the trash. So I can't really. Fought him a lot there, and then when he took over for Dan Quinn, I mean, again, you're talking about a team that went 0-5 before that happened. So the four wins he did get looks better than the none that Dan got that season. Um, I had to personally back away from the idea of we just wasted three years to hire the guy that was already in the building. Yeah. Um, But I think that time away at sleepaway camp in L.A. was very important for Raheem. You got to grow outside of Atlanta and kind of outside of the uh, the Dan Quinn prism. Because I think that went so sour that we wanted nothing to do with it at that point, which was my big, big thing about not hiring Raheem at that moment. My thing was, I think he could be good, but if you want to get rid of the Dan Quinn error, you have to get rid of the Dan Quinn error because he and uh, Jeff Obrick were so a part of everything that was going on at that time it was hard to say you could just cut Quinn out of the equation and things wouldn't go in the same direction. Like, everybody on the defensive side of the ball were on the same page with what they were doing and what they were trying to accomplish. Um, so with Raheem coming back, I've noticed former and current players are extremely excited. And no matter how you feel about, you know, I wanted Harper all, I did. Once he was off the table, I was pretty much open to anything. So this was exciting for me. But I think we have to focus there on what's exciting for the players and how you can get them to move and adjust and get them to really buy into what you want to do. I think Jalen Ramsey was one of the first people that tweeted out, oh, y'all got one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, They had the same conversation on the NFL Network. It was talking about how much players love Raheem Morris. I knew Grady Jarrett was gonna light up when he heard it. He went on face. He went on social media and said something. Jesse Bates is excited. Terrell said, "Oh, reunited, and it feels so good." And I think we're underselling how beneficial this is gonna be on the offensive side of the ball. Cause I remember when Raheem Morris was a wide receiver coach with Harry Douglas and them boys. Yeah. Can't say Julio Jones because, I mean, you talk about somebody that that high caliber. You know, you're like, what do you do for Julio Jones? But, no, he made that unit a tough unit by coaching them from a DB's perspective. The DB wants to jam you here. The DB's going to move here. The DB wants to fake you out here. And that wide receiver squad got way tougher than I had seen them in, in my years of watching uh, Atlanta football. There was a time where Roddy White was the toughest guy on the team. Yep. So I'm also excited about what that means for a Kyle Pitts, who people think are a little softer in, you know, running routes and trying to avoid contact and running through some people. I'm wondering how that's going to help, uh, how that's going to further a Drake London, who loves the high point ball and you know, to do all the physical work, but how much further can a Raheem Morris push the needle? I'm excited to see where this team goes. That
2: is our producer. Miss Noel, yeah. Sam Sam Greg, Sports Radio ninety two nine game ninety Game. That's good stuff. God. No, no, she's not done. But I just had to get in here and resell for people who might have tapped into us during, you know, while she was going on there. Now, see here, I want to ask you this question. So, let's say there was a conversation that took place after the hiring, and I want to get, and this is completely speculation on my part, but the discussion went to that position that we have discussed the most in that's quarterback, and these three scenarios were brought up. Desmond Ritter, Russell Wilson, other. Which category are you going for?
1: Other. Real quick.
2: Give give me a couple others that are available (sighs) that you'd like them to, if they had to make a trade, who you going to give up and go after that other?
1: Okay, hypothetically, if we make a trade for Raheem Morrison and a Shanahan – Type of offensive caller that's probably going to come in here with him. I like the idea of seeing what Chicago would want for Justin Fields. I like the idea of it.
2: They're going to get okay. I mean, Sam. Yeah.
1: I mean, and it, it depends the, on what they want. Like, I don't know if eight is seat. worth
2: it. We, yeah, but they really in the are driver's seat, and yeah. they're going to ask for the moon and the stars. Oh
1: yeah, hundred uh, percent.
2: And the, the Falcons don't have that. Unless I mean, you me have it,
1: those, but you don't really you want have to it, give but you're
2: it. But you like all those names that you just talked yeah, about. Yeah, you don't really want to <laughs> give it. You have to give them up to Chicago. So, and and you don't know what they want because there's well that Eberflus. I don't know what that dude wants. And I'm talking to people up there that are ready to walk into the Dan Ryan, which is the expressway to go yeah, south. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So again, if if not Chicago in that trade, in other words, if I'm hearing you correctly, you won't you don't even want Desmond or Russell Wilson part of the conversation. No, I think Desmond. You can put him as part of a trade.
1: No, I, I actually wouldn't mind Desmond being your backup. I don't see what you get out of a trade for him. I don't see who well part of wants him part a, of a package. I don't see who wants him. In, you probably you probably really want a fifth or sixth round pick more than you want Desmond Ritter. Okay. In a package, so I you know I'd say make him the third backup. Sorry, Logan Woodside. Go get you a, a more veteran backup to put in front of him. No more Tyler Hanekis, and. See if you can go, people maybe won't like this name, but see if you can get you a Kirk Cousins or somebody that can, that can run this thing. Or you got to try to draft a kid. I really want to draft a kid.
3: Okay.
2: By the time, what number are we drafting? We're
1: eight, so you're going to have to move up. Yeah. To like four, maybe.
2: If you're at four, there's a possibility that, that well, no, Marvin Harrison Jr. is sitting there, you know, and then you got to think about that one.
3: Hey. If
1: they take here's, Marvin, here's, I mean, it, it could be a great pick, but I, I can see I can see some pitchforks coming out if you, they take you. Him. Yeah.
3: you move? because when you are gonna get him? Who's gonna get him the ball? That's what we're all talking about.
2: Getting you know, getting the ball. And in the you know, I'm, I'm just saying. I, I think first things first. There are people in offices, real right. cushy offices, that are remembering the difference between what Houston did and what Carolina did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know what I'm saying? In mm-hmm. that same draft, and so.
1: And that's a conversation about ownership I want to have later. Yeah, yeah.
3: because that's the the other thing is what what he walked into up in in Carolina. You know, that's the whole thing. You talk about that whole thing. And people say, well, what's wrong with Bryce Young? Bryce, Bryce Young walked into a bad city. But like I always said, your Heisman Trophy quarterbacks seldom if ever make it to Super Bowls. I mean, yeah, they are bred to go into bad situations. Right. They're always going to bad situations. You know, they really do.
2: We got MLS preseason action going on here at Lanny United. taking on Birmingham pregame, 4 o'clock, kick at 5. You can hear it right here on Sports Radio (coughs) 92.9. The game tomorrow, we got the Hawks game for you at Toronto. That'll be later on, 5.30, Mm -hmm. tip at 6. But we have got AFC matchup, 2 o'clock. The pregame starts Kick at 2.30, right down on WAOK, and followed by the NFC Championship game. Mr.
3: Crenshaw. Got some college basketball coming up today. UGA is playing down at Florida at noon. Tech is at Virginia Tech today at 5 o'clock. Kennesaw State and Central Arkansas and Georgia State at Coastal Carolina. Morehouse and Clark Atlanta, one thirty at the Henderson Gym. You better get there by 12.30 or the foul <laughs> marshal is going to lock it <laughs> and you ain't going to get in there. Uh, so I'm just saying, it's Morehouse <laughs> against Clark Atlanta, one thirty today. Uh, over in the AU Center, there should, should be a lot of fun. Always a packed house and a great time for that game.
2: We'll be back tomorrow morning from 6 until 9. It is Sam and Greg with Noel on the other side of the glass. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. And take us with you on the Odyssey app. Have a big day.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?